everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. This is Sports Center. I'm Christine Lisi, breaking news. The NFL has appealed the six-game suspension handed down by a disciplinary officer to Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson for violating the personal conduct policy following accusations of sexual misconduct. Commissioner Roger Goodell or his designee will make the final decision. The league is seeking an indefinite suspension of at least one season for Watson. ESPN NFL analyst Rob Ninkovich. When I saw six games originally, I, to myself, I said, that, that's, not, that's not enough. That's not enough. And there's a human element to this thing. And beyond just an athlete, I said this earlier, you know, if you're a super fan in Cleveland and you're like, I just want my team to win, well, Football's out the door here in this instance. When you look at the report and the things that have gone on, six games isn't enough, and Roger understands that. Source told ESPN's Jeff Darlington today the NFLPA was preparing to sue the league in federal court if it appealed the disciplinary officer's decision. Connecticut women's basketball star Paige Beckers will miss the entire upcoming season with a torn ACL. She was injured during a pickup basketball game yesterday. Beckers will have surgery on Friday. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Wednesday. Yeah, today's Wednesday. I have to be reminded every day, they all... They all run together as uh, we get we get ready for the uh, for the start. As we get ready for the uh, start of the school year and and everything getting closer. Oh, what? Just y- y'all just go ahead and talk. Okay, I was going to say when Jason's on the air, Jacob's going to take off just to make sure the Jason thing works. But I think we may have him now. I mean, I was I was trying to just get him so that. Uh, uh, hey Jason, you there? I'm here. Yeah. Okay. I, you people. You, I've only been doing this for fifty something years. I can usually figure out how okay. to get us on here. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that the Skype part worked. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, welcome in everybody. It's a Wednesday edition of the Drive. Bill and Dan here in the studio. Jason Caldwell, as you heard, their little tease. Jason will be joining us by Skype here momentarily. Let's uh, let you know. I mean, there's a lot going on. Auburn picking up a football commitment here. We're a day before the official reporting for Auburn football, a day after Auburn's first um, overseas basketball. Man, there's a lot going on. So uh, we, we'll get into that, jump into that with Jason Caldwell from uh, AUTigers.com here momentarily. Uh, let's go ahead and let you know, though, that hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one and the number to get you through 
on our hotline. Because Kia of Auburn is also the sponsor of our hotline. 334-321-1390. You can also text the show. 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And let's go ahead and, and get to, well, it's, it's sort of, we'll call it, you know, it, it's uh, the Kia of Auburn guest line is what we'll call it here. As uh, as Jason Caldwell, as we mentioned from AUTigers.com, joining us for the first couple of segments. JC, how you doing today? I'm good, guys. How about y'all? All right. It is, uh, you know, as we were saying last week, a busy, busy time. And uh, news today from football. We, we'll see how much news there is. There will be some information for sure tomorrow from football. Yeah, we're definitely going to have some some news tomorrow. Like you said, we'll have uh, you know Coach Brian Harson and uh, you know coordinators Eric Keesaw, Jeff Smetting tomorrow. So we'll get a get a pretty good little take on on you know the summer um, where they feel like you know everything is heading into the season, all those things. Uh, we'll, we'll get kind of a, a rundown prior to Friday's first day of camp. But you're right, uh, a little news today, Ashley Williams. Um, I think a really talented edge rusher, a kid that was committed to Nebraska uh, from Zachary, Louisiana, you know, committed to Auburn today after being on, on campus for Big Cat last weekend at you know, 6'5", 225 or so already. This is a kid that still you know, has a full senior year left to play. I, I mean, you start looking at, at positions of need, and we've run down offensive line over and over again, and <clears throat> it's still going to be a position of need. But you start talking about importance, uh, you know, when you think about it, who's going to be going after this year at that edge position. And well, stocking up there is huge. And, and obviously you get uh, Wilkie, you know, last week, I think mm-hmm. a guy that's probably going to be more of a, of a, a true defensive end. Ashley Williams is a Derek Hall type edge pass rusher. That's who he is. That's what he does. So this is, a, I mean, I think it's an important guy for, for this 2023 class. And, uh, you know, just to, again, another step for them, um, you know, and, and as they continue to, try to just chip away um, heading into this season. And I think the, the coaches know it. We've talked about it. Um, a lot of this class may depend on what those first five games look like as well. How, you know, how much momentum can you build on the field to then show guys, okay, this is what we've been talking about. Um, you know, I think it's going to be important. But, you know, there's still some some guys that are out there for them to, to build a little bit more momentum, momentum on the recruiting trail here in the next week or two. Indications are that Big Cat went pretty well. I mean, there's a, there's a commitment today, but but even putting that aside for a second, it seems like the uh, the, the weekend was uh, was you know went went as well as it could have, right? Yeah, I think it went good. Um, you know, I thought they did a good job of, of making it more of a laid back atmosphere um, where. You know, just kind of hang out, get to know each other, play some games, do some of those things. I think it worked well. And, you know, at this point, you are what you are. And, and they know the, there, there's not much more you can say, hey, here's what we're going to do for football. Here, this is it. Now it's more about uh, this is who we are. And I, I thought they did a good job of that. Obviously, in you know, the 2024 class, you added a, a couple of commitments there. Um, you know, Mon Lane's a guy that I've, I've, I've known and watched for for quite a few years, um, you know, since you know, I guess heading into his freshman year when he was still at Thompson and really talented guy. You get your get your you know, one of your quarterbacks in 2024. There may be two of them. Uh, you know, with Brock Glenn committing to Ohio State over the weekend. Right now, I would guess that Auburn probably not going to sign a quarterback in this class, and it's not vital that they do. They probably need you sign 22 of them in 2024. So um, get that guy in in the class over the weekend as well. So. Yeah, um, really good momentum starting for that 2024 class. Now, 
like I said, can you carry it over to the field and do some of those things to, to maybe turn the tide for a guy like Jelani Thurman? Um, you know, Bo Hughley, those guys from, from Langston Hughes, it may, a lot of theirs may depend on what you look like on the field here in a few, in a few weeks. Who, uh, who would you think is, uh, the, the most likely next commit? Been a lot of buzz about Connor Lou. I guess he's, he, he's still on for Friday. Yeah, still on for Friday unless something changes. And, uh, you know, he's, yeah, I think Auburn is, is in good shape with with Connor Lou, offensive lineman. And, you know, you already have Braden Joyner in the class. Um, two guys that could play center but could also play guard. So it gives you some options there in the middle of the offensive line. But yeah, I would say that right now uh, that's a guy that, that is, is probably the most likely guy. I still think J.C. Hart from, from Lochapoca could, could be close. Mm-hmm. I don't I, you know, whenever that one happens. But, um, yeah, and then, you know, kind of – you know, Bo Hughley, I think people have been kind of waiting to see, you know, is he going to do something? Uh, when will he do it? Um, you know, I think obviously Georgia, you know, nothing's ever a secret. You know, Georgia knew that he was coming to Big Cat Weekend. They also took the opportunity when he got home to to kind of go, hey, this is where we are and where we stand. And um, no surprise that, that then now I think it's more about this indecision for him and kind of see what he wants to do down the road. Well, I mean, this, this has got to um... – um, you know, nothing but positive here. I mean, up to six commitments and a chance at uh, close to double, close to double digits before, uh, practice really gets going full swing. So that's good news. You know, back to, uh, to Connor Lou. It's funny. Uh, I had somebody go, Oh, come on. The best Auburn can ever do. If they ever do anything, the best they can do is a three star. I said, look at the other schools on his list of, on his final list. The other schools, if I'm not mistaken, Jason, the other schools that he's down to besides Auburn are Georgia, Clemson, and Miami. That's uh, it. So, I mean, so if, if you don't pay any attention to anything else, take a look at the schools that want this young man. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's sometimes part of it. Um, you know, there's, there's, four, there's guys that have four-star rankings that don't have nearly that kind of offer list. Mm-hmm. So if you take the four-star ranking that, that maybe you don't beat out those kind of schools for, then um, – then, then you need to look at this one and go, okay, then, you know, understand that, you know, there's differences. Interior line is probably the, the position in the, on the entire football field. You know, there's no more, really no more fullbacks anymore. Interior offensive line is the one position now on the entire football field that gets less respect in terms of star ranking because those guys aren't normally drafted very high in the NFL draft. And so you, because, because of that, it, 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 it takes on a, a little bit different feel. But if you can get one of those guys that, that can be a, a guy that comes in and plays for three years and an all-SEC type performer, um, I would wager that a bunch of the interior offensive line guys come from guys that are three stars. Um, that's just kind of the way the way it works in, in, uh, in the profession. Talking with Jason Caldwell, as we do on Wednesdays. Jason will be with us for a couple of uh, segments. If you've got a question... Uh, you can you can join us on the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. Uh, as, as we mentioned, an opportunity to uh, to talk with both coordinators and head coach Brian Harson tomorrow. And then Thursday, we've got a couple of viewing windows. Interesting, just looking at the media opportunities, they're going about practicing a little differently this year. Last year, it was late afternoon uh, pretty much throughout in uh, in fall camp they're obviously practicing earlier and going to be i mean going to be out there in 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 some some real august heat here early on yeah no i i think you know it's going to be interesting to see you're right we've got and and 
you know, you look at it right now. There's there's a uh, there's a lot of opportunities. I think I counted yeah. seven 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 viewing opportunities for the media before school starts. Now you know, obviously it it starts to scale back a little bit. Um, you know when that happens, but yeah, you look at it and and this is you know mid morning. Um, you know, into midday, right? Late kinda, morning kinda into kinda early heat. afternoon. Correct. And so, uh, so that's uh, that's prime time. But you know what? It, I think you learn living in Alabama that you know there's no way to to avoid it. It's almost hotter at five o'clock than it is at, at eleven o'clock during the day. And oh, so you're right. That, you're right. I've learned trying that, to do yard work that it's yes, it's better uh, to do it at eleven than it is at four. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, it's much hotter in the afternoon. So. Um, no, yeah, looking forward to it. You know, it's it's this time of year, no matter what, no matter the, the expectations, no matter what everybody's talking about, you get to this point in a season and and there should be some optimism. If you're if you're a fan, this is this is what it's about. Um, there may be questions, but you know, it's you know, your job is not to go out there and try to win and lose the game by what's on the field. You just go out and support and now this is a time you ought to be pretty optimistic and excited. I mean, it's football season. This is, yeah, you know, this is a fun time. And you're right. Um, lots of other things out there. Um, Auburn basketball in Israel for one. But um, you know, this is a team that I think, you know, if they can stay healthy, find playmakers, do some things, I think they got a chance to to go out and and and, and compete and, and challenge folks. And that's that's where you want to start with these guys. I think they'll do that. Are they going to be good enough to to finish it? Yeah, we'll find out here in a couple months. Hey, another thing I thought was interesting, uh, something that's a little bit of a throwback. I don't know that we've we've seen it for the last uh, couple of years, last year with the Coach Harson. I'm not sure if we did for uh, the last year or two with Gus, and that's um, all the, the newcomers working because we get an opportunity to uh, to watch rookie practice on Friday afternoon. Yeah, we get, uh, get some, some practice right with uh, – you know, seeing the young guys, which will be really good. It'll be interesting to see if if the holdover, not the holdovers, but you know the guys that were you know here in the spring, if if they're all together, they've mm-hmm. got a little bit of a head start, or if they're just putting the actual newcomers. Well, there's only like about there's only eight or eight or eight or ten guys yeah, that weren't here this spring, right? You know, to have a few walk-ons and, and some things like that. So there's not many of them. So my guess is that. You know, you you may even see first year guys. I think, you, yeah, at and, and you could you may even see Robbie Ashford and Holden uh-huh. Turner. I think in, so. in that afternoon just to get them more reps. That's 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 to me would be a smart way to do it. And you get those guys out there, split up and get Demari Austin, maybe a Sean Jackson out there with him to get them more reps in the afternoon. But yeah, you know, it's always a good time. And then one, um, I'll be interested to see if Coy Moore is in that afternoon or if he's in that morning mm-hmm. that's one thing i'll be really interested to see because i have a feeling that even though he's a guy that's just on campus and didn't go through spring um i will be shocked if he's not out there with those older guys getting some reps early and is there an assistant coach you're really excited to to hear from of the uh, of the group you know we're going to get to talk to everybody uh, between now and and you know over the over the next two weeks is there somebody i mean there's two new coordinators schmetting has been around but but he's been promoted to coordinate. I guess Keesaw's been around, too. He was on the staff uh, through, for mo- most of last season. Uh, but there are a lot of new position coaches around the team. A- anyone you're excited to hear from? Yeah, they're, they're all really good. Um, we've known Jimmy Brumball <clears throat> for a long time, so we know how personable he is. But and Ike Hilliard and Christian Robinson are, are, are great in, in front of a camera talking about football. And Ike Hilliard, that, that may be one of the more interesting ones just because of the wide receiver room and how important it is 
um, how much can those guys, you know, how big of a step can they take? And so I think Ike Hilliard is one I'm really looking forward to hearing from. And then, you know, just gotten to know, you know these guys more and more over the last year. Uh, you know, get a chance to interact with them, do some of those things. And, you know, Brad Bedell, I really like the NFL background from him and talking to him. Coach Rock is, is awesome. Um, he was a big influence on getting that Ashley Williams commitment. Also, Wilkie Denard, he, he played a big role in both of those guys. Um, just hearing from him and talking to him. And then, you know, Will Friend has, has one of the more interesting jobs on, on this team this year because of all those faces that come back with experience. How do you narrow it down to five? And, and who those five are um, will be that's one of the more interesting battles of the preseason. Game. A lot of folks, a lot of folks weren't sure Will Friend was sticking around after Mike Bobo left, right? Well, I mean, I remember there was speculation. Wasn't isn't there even because his names come up on the recruiting trailer, or, or people have mentioned, maybe players have mentioned him. There was an offensive analyst who's been working with the linemen, or had been working, uh, had worked on the offensive line before that that folks thought would take. A Will Friend's job. I guess there was a candidate inside, but instead, Will Friend is around, and you know, usually, usually his offensive lines get better uh, when he's got uh, you know when he's got players in his system for more than one year. Yeah, Joe Bernardi is a guy that's, that's right. Been, this this been been here. Um, and yeah, he's he's taken on a a a big role in terms of of doing some recruiting stuff and an offensive line. If you have another guy you trust up there, and you know, Kendall Simmons there doing some stuff too. So when that's that's a big position group. So the more people you can have that are on the same page doing those things is important. But you're right. You think back to you know offensive line, um, the changes going from J.B. Grimes to Herb Hand to, um, you know, I just went blank on Boston College for one year. Go back to you know J.B. Oh, Grimes. Man, me too. Yeah, it's it's yeah. been it's been so so much and so much. Big Nail, Jack McNeil Jr. Jack yeah. McNeil, golly, yeah, um, yeah man. I was going to say Driscoll, it. but I knew that was wrong. He was, yeah, he was a player. But you think about the just the different voices those guys have had. Now you get to have the same voices two years in a row. It's not going to hurt, that's for sure. Uh, it's a, it's beneficial. You know. Now the question is, can you know Nick Brahms, Brandon Council, Austin Troxel, those guys, can they be healthy and stay healthy? Because I hear really good things about Austin Troxel and how he's looked. You know, basically coming back from a year removed, other than having a scope. Of being able to stay healthy and, and being able to build on some things for the first time in his career, so um, yeah, it's it's you know it's the one of the more interesting things for me is to see how that shakes out. Talking with Jason Caldwell for another uh, ten fifteen minutes or so here on the Wednesday Drive, mm-hmm. we'll uh, shift gears, talk a little basketball. When we come back, stick with us. We're just underway here on the Drive. Here. Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell with us for another segment. Jason, of course, from AUTigers.com. And, uh, yeah, yeah, while we're here on the the eve of uh, official start of football with the, I don't know why they call it the report day. Everybody's here. But still, they're about to get started with football practice. Meanwhile, Auburn basketball playing in Israel and completely... 
just outmatched just, and, there's, there's and dominated a, there's, the, the Israeli under-20 there, There's a lot going on. I want to say, we would have mentioned Vince Scully's passing by now oh, if there wasn't yes, so much right, going on right. in, in the world of sports. I mean, Jason's a big baseball guy. Like, I, 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 we'll hey, get, we, we, can, we can get into some announcing. I mean, Vince Scully yeah. passing, Eli Gold's out. Eli Gold, too. I mean, there's, to, there's uh, some, at least some, start the season. some major broadcasting news yes. and some tragic broadcasting news with the, new, with, with the Vince Scully uh, news uh, last night. But, uh, but in the meantime, you know, there's a lot of Auburn stuff with, with, with spring with football season coming and the basketball games in Israel. So yeah, not not to not to jump in uh, too much, but yeah, let's let's get Jason's thoughts. Uh, well, Jason, if you if you'd like to offer thoughts on Vince Scully, uh, but we, we're going to talk to you about uh, Auburn's basketball team in Israel. Yeah, I, I just you know just it's the you know when you when you talk. I, I was kind of telling my wife we were driving down the road earlier. I said when when people bring up the word goat, it's used way too often mm-hmm. and not even close to being correct in this situation. It's correct. Um, when you do what he did for as long as he did, and you know, sitting up there doing things, doing things by yourself, uh, and carrying broadcasts—I mean, the the iconic calls, the things he's done, and, and the way he did it, um, the gentleman he was. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to imagine a more fitting term for for him than than that. Which is, hey, you, you know, in terms of baseball, um, you know, there's been some good ones. I don't know that there'll be anybody any better than him. No, and and the master crafter of tales. I Punch mean, what lines, a great story. story what a great story. Yeah, one of the great storytellers yeah, ever in no any question. any medium. And the way he could deliver that story and and and, and land the punchline and yeah, it's uh, it, there's there's a lot to be admired there beyond just his his skill as a as a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get, getting back to Auburn basketball. Sorry, sorry about that. No, no, no. That, yeah, that, that's that's uh, absolutely fine. I mean, but uh, but yeah, yesterday sort of a a, a tune up, I guess for for this weekend. Well, Sunday and Monday, um, as as Auburn just uh, um, well, the Israeli under team just no match at all. I mean, they uh, Auburn physically just uh, was able to dominate. That Seemed game like a mismatch side. in the front yeah. court, and it played out that way, right, Jason? Yeah, it did. With no questioning that when you kind of just turned the game on pretty quickly. You see that, you know, Auburn's going to win the game. It's just a matter of how they played. And um thought they played pretty solid, turned it over a little bit early on. Uh, didn't didn't shoot it great, but you didn't have to when you get every rebound. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, you know. Um, that's that's going to be the hallmark of this team. It, it's it's going to be made a little bit differently than we've seen Bruce Pearl teams in the past, at least because of those. I mean, you got so many big bodies that can run the court. And then they're almost interchangeable at times. Um, you know, I wrote it a little bit yesterday. I think Jalen Williams is going to be one of the more important guys on this team. And you know, they didn't didn't have a whole lot out of him yesterday, but they didn't have to too much. We saw Treore uh, running the court, doing his thing, and Jenny you know, Broom and Dylan Cardwell, all those big bodies that can can get out and create so much havoc. And um, thought Chance Westry looked really good. Oh yes, uh, not a surprise. And you know, we talked about Alan Flanagan. There were some things that that just in that little bit we saw physically that you went okay that's that's not what you saw last year out of Alan Flanagan and, and so you can see a little bit of those things as well and um, all in all I mean it's hard to ask for much more than that and the competition will ramp up dramatically um, the next two appearances for this team but um, in, in in all honesty the scores of the games uh, really the outcomes of the game it's not the the biggest point of this. Um, they're going to get so much learning and so much team building that happens over the course of this trip that it's going to pay huge dividends, and nobody's going to remember what happened in these games here in a couple months. 
No, no, and it's and it's not going to matter. But I mean, yesterday it appeared yesterday was the okay. We're going to showcase the the new talent, the the young guys and the new talent. I expect we'll see uh, you know a, a a different approach as they play the much more veteran and talented um, team uh, Sunday. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think you could see a little bit more of a rotation, but you know, maybe maybe it is an opportunity to figure out what that rotation looks like. Um, you know, and, and and still kind of, you know, you know, maneuver some of those guys in and out, um, share the minutes, do all that. Um, you know, I don't know, um, but I do think that it's it is an opportunity, right, to to kind of start to to showcase a little bit more of those top guys. It's dangerous to just focus on <coughs> new players, right, and and just think about you know because Auburn does bring back several veterans who have played a lot of college basketball who will be a big part of this upcoming season. But it's hard not to, you know, watching that game yesterday, hard not to focus on the new players in the front court, uh, the, Johan Traore and, and Jonai Broom, and also impressive-looking uh, in, incoming freshmen. And, I mean, and, Ch- and Chance Westry, I mean, a guy who looks like he could play multiple positions potentially if, uh, if, 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 if needed to uh, this upcoming season. Yeah, I like Chance Westry a lot. Uh, you can see his game, a guy that can handle the ball, put it on the court, can dribble, can can shoot it, can do all that stuff, and I really like Trey Donaldson. We didn't get to see much of him yesterday, uh, and you may not get to see as much of him this year because just the numbers in the backcourt. But he remind you know I've said it before. He reminds me a little bit of Doc Robinson uh, in that he's kind of a classic point guard. Not gonna wow you in terms of you know playing above the rim and doing a bunch of stuff like that, but he just understands basketball and can do those things. So. Uh, I think it's going to be important for him just to kind of find his his spot on on in, in his way with this team early on. Um, but it, it is the, the, maybe the most difficult part of this is going to be figuring out a rotation. But Chance Westry, I think, is going to be involved. We saw that he he brings something different because of his size, because of his length, um, and he can play up multiple positions. Um, he's going to be really valuable, you know, part of this team. Uh, it's a great great situation. Uh... Uh, problem to have is is figuring out enough minutes for for as many players. Yeah, it is. Uh, we've seen too many of them in the past where they couldn't figure out. They couldn't figure. <laughs> you can't out. find enough guys to get yeah. to play that can yeah, play. Yeah, you couldn't find six or seven. Much less can you can you figure out a way to whittle down between ten, eleven, and twelve? And and that's where they are right now. And like I said, that's a great that great position to be in. Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers with us here on the. Uh, Wednesday edition of the drive, Jason. Uh, like I said, and everybody, everybody realized. I mean, a really busy, busy time. Just let the folks know some of the things that uh, that you've got coming up there at AUTigers.com. Yeah, obviously a, a load of information coming out tomorrow. We've had a couple of podcasts, video podcasts. We did an hour long YouTube video podcast live last night. So look out for those because you can ask questions to us live. We can answer them straight away and do some of those things. So all that, lots of football, and then obviously still basketball going on as well. So check it all that there at, at AUTigers.com, AuburnUndercover.com as well. And ordering information, all that subscription information there online. Jason, great stuff. We really appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive. Come on in and join us. 
Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill and Dan here in the studio. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell from AUTigers.com for joining us here for the first couple of segments. When he has the opportunity, he'll be with us here in the studio for an hour. But as we said, I mean, it is a busy time. I mean, he's already, you know, written a story about Ashley Williams, got some previews for the start of football practice tomorrow, writing about basketball yesterday. They've got a lot. I mean, there is a lot going on. Ashley Williams, yeah, that's a nice pickup there uh, at the edge. He is a true edge. And I was going to say it, uh, something to Jason, but I wanted to get into basketball a little bit more, Dan, in that uh, uh, he, he's a guy, you know, he compared him to a young Derek Hall, except uh, he, he's a little taller than Derek coming out of high school. I mean, he's one. He's listed somewhere between 6'5", 6'6", and around 220, 225. Very athletic young man who uh, played for the... Uh, the the state champs in the largest classification there in Louisiana last year. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a nice pickup for a guy who uh, clearly you know had uh, you know they, they made a pretty good case to him at, uh, at 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 Big Cat over the weekend. He was uh, he was one of the commitments and and Auburn's uh, you know they 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 add to their 2023 class without necessarily having uh, you know with without having to stretch the limits of what an auburn caliber player is still nothing a, well still nothing but four stars exactly these are you know six six yeah. commitments six four stars exactly and and auburn has you know their sights set on on maybe another player or two before uh before the season even begins and, and as you know if, if things uh, if things start well and you know a lot a lot of it hinges on on those first couple of games and i know we, we talked about it yesterday like it's not not to put unfair pressure on a second year coach uh but at the same time uh bill it's been a long time since a coach started at Auburn tenure with uh, the two, you know, with, with with without a great year in his first two. Yeah, right. I mean, we, we were talking about the different the different Auburn coaches that precede Brian Harson. So there there is. Well, I mean, without a significant significantly better season, one of those two years, either the first year much better than people expected, or the second year much better than the first. Right, and if because I mean, Coach Die won eight regular season games his second year. But it went from five and six to eight and exactly. three, and that was significant. And and uh, Gene Chizik and Gus Malzahn had big years in one of their first two years. Chizik winning mm-hmm. the national championship, Malzahn going to the national championship. Uh, Tuberville had a conference championship game appearance in year two. Year two. So I mean, so there, there. Terry Bowden won his first twenty games. All he did was win his first twenty yeah. games as Auburn's coach. So so there is. I mean, it, it is sort of. And again, not to not to. Not to hold Brian Harson to any of those standards because it is in many ways a different era of college football, and they all inherited a different situation than Auburn at the you know than Brian Harson did at Auburn. At the same time, do you really want to be the do you want to be the coach that breaks that streak? Like, do you want to? No, be and and honestly, I'll tell you, they don't think they're going to be. I don't think they do. I mean, they, no, absolutely uh, not. There, I mean, Jason was talking about uh, confidence and fans should feel good. There, there's no doubt that this team and staff feels like 
They're, they're going to prove a lot. That's why they're, that's why they're, they're so adamant about just watch. And, just, there's a, and, 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 and we will. And there's a schedule that allows you to create momentum if, if right. you hit the ground running. If you can beat Penn State in what's going to be an enormous game, a 2.30 national television showcase for a team that should probably be 2-0. I mean, you think about Auburn's first two games. I mean, Auburn should be a Auburn should be a two and zero team, feeling pretty good about the way they've they've they better won. be right. They've, they should be. If a they're two not, then then oh, you'll have some fun. Then just then after just, the game. Then just watch, right? As as you were just saying, yeah, you know, that's right. If, if not, listen, just yeah. watch, listen, read, yeah, whatever. Just, yeah, yeah. Catch a catch you a, won't be able to avoid it. Catch a Monday edition of the drive. You yeah. know, after after one of those first two games. No, if, um, Auburn should be. You know, think about like the. The, the, before the Penn State game, Auburn should be a two and zero team, feeling very good about themselves, playing at home in what is maybe the biggest home game of the year, arguable, but but maybe the biggest home game of the year for Auburn. Uh, and if they win that game, it it feels like they've got, as Bruce Pearl said, uh, to close the season, they got the wind at their sails, right? If if, if you're three and zero after that Penn State game with Missouri coming to town a week later, LSU on the horizon, things are all looking good. In many ways, a lot of it hinges on that Penn State game. Oh, oh sure. Because, sure because, it does. because a loss there would, would diminish some of that momentum and, and, you know, create questions and everything. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I, I think the, uh, the chance is there for Auburn to have a great start and even a great finish. You know, if, if, if things line up, as, as folks like to point out, Auburn wasn't, Auburn wasn't that far away from a much better record last year. It does seem like there the, are an awful lot of teams that weren't far right? away from him going either way. Right? Are, I mean, it weren't far away from having an a, a terrible season, yeah, but they were pretty close to having a, a much, yeah, much better. Very season. few. You know what? Nobody ever talks about the game. All the games they barely won. Right? right? It's, it's, it's yeah. just it's just the games they barely lost because because A and M will point out that their three conference losses last year, or was it four conference losses? They they had uh, they were four and four. A and M four and four, and, yeah. and I believe. Four losses by a combined less than two touchdowns. I think in in the in in the four losses mm-hmm. in conference for A and M last year. Um, Arkansas won some close games, and it's like, well, you know, they're nine and three. What you want some you want some real close games to to get to nine and three? You sure, you're going to do that a year later. So I mean, so it's uh, you're, you're right. I mean, it does it does feel bunched up uh, to to a degree, and and a lot of it's going to depend on on what your uh, you know what can your offense do, and and what do you have at the uh, uh, what do you have the key spots? You're absolutely right. We'd love for you to join in on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Yeah, I wanted to get wanted to get more into what you, you mentioned the passing of uh, Vin Scully, um, ninety four, uh, and and had been. I mean, there's no one that will I I I dare to say until medicine has you know. Folks living to be 150. There's not going to be another announcer who has the kind, the length of career with the with anywhere near the quality that Vin Scully had. I mean, he was the voice of the Dodgers for six plus decades. If I put in 65 years with Detroit Trojans women's <laughs> basketball team, I'm thinking about I'm doing the math on this. Uh, you'll be older than Vin. I'll be older you'll than Vin be. was, and uh, and you know I don't know. I you know he's he he took he took real good care of himself. So uh, yeah, I mean it, it is it's a it's uh, I mean he was magnificent, and getting to hear. Uh, Vin Scully called Dodgers games. You know that, that's you know, one of my fondest memories of living in Los Angeles. And he was so good at what he did. And and it wasn't just about conveying the action. 
and and painting a picture of what you were seeing if you were listening on the radio. But like you said earlier, his ability to tell stories, his ability to tell jokes, his ability to um, to 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 give little. It's a weird comparison, Bill, but in many ways he was like Roger Ebert in that when when Roger Ebert would write about these, he would. I mean, Roger Ebert reviewed two or three movies a week for 50 years with the Chicago Sun-Times. And he would be, sometimes Roger Ebert would be reviewing a forgettable two-star comedy and there'd be a paragraph or two in in the review that was a life lesson or something or, or a right. story, a story he heard growing up or, or, or a, uh, you know, a fable he remembered from, from college. And he would find a way to tie it into something he was talking about in his review and you'd come away enriched in some way by having read this you know the, the this this you know review of a movie starring some Saturday night live cast members or something right like it, you know his review of coneheads or something and it's like and, and 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 Vince Scully was like that right i mean it would be a it'd be a saturday afternoon in september and 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 the dodgers could be several games out of first place hosting another national league team that's not in contention and he could he could tell a story It'd still the, be entertaining in the fourth inning and not just entertaining right but but so like a, a you know one of those stories that you think about years later as oh there's 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 a little bit about the meaning of life in, in there and and that's I don't know that that's what you got from Vince. I was. Uh, it, it's funny. I mean that you, you you mentioned that and it gets me thinking about things because last night, last night, I hadn't. Uh, it may have been before before the the news was out there. Uh, I'm I'm flipping around and and I guess the uh, the MLB Network game of the week was the was the Mets uh, and the and the Nationals, and so I'm listening to Gary Thorne and Keith Hernandez. I mean, just. Rambling on about the most, of course, strangest. I mean, it was entertaining, but it was had nothing. They were getting beat four to one, and then five to one, and it's like they it was obvious they weren't going to win. So they were talking about just whatever kinds of things. Van wouldn't quite go that far, but I mean, he would go out there, and you'd and you'd go, oh, and and you'd want to hear the rest of what he was talking about. Last night was a little different. Last night I was like, that's enough, that's enough. My wife was like. What are they talking about? It's like it's baseball. It's baseball. Well, had, it's had, baseball, honey. I mean, there's was they, this, so this was before the news of, yes. of Vince Scully. Yeah. Okay, because because yeah. the listening oh. to the so listening to the Giants and the Dodgers. I was going to say I did not get to hear that. Listen, listen. I would love to hear John Miller. So the so John the, Miller first of all does as good a Vince Scully as anybody, and I mean I. Despite that he's the Giants announcer and has been for 25 years, the MLB I figure app, he was great. The MLB app does archive games the okay. next day, so right, you, you right. can you can hear yesterday's Giants game if if you want to. And yeah, I was flipping back and forth because the news breaks during the Dodgers Giants game, right. and, and immediately I have to go to the radio to to hear the the Dodgers crew, and then and also some some stories from the the Giants crew. Yeah, John John Miller was uh, uh, I heard heard a little of John Miller, but but the yeah, I mean you could you could tell it's it's a it's a tremendous thing. And a buddy of mine on Twitter. Uh, Josh uh, Androsky wrote, um, so uh, I'll just read his tweet. My favorite Vin Scully moment was during a boring game against the Mets in the mid-2000s. Vin took a long pause, so long that I started wondering what was going on. And then he said, does Tom Glavin play accordion? You bet he does. <laughs> Unquote. Because those are the sorts of things Vin Scully would throw in uh-huh. in the middle in the middle of a- Stat- oh, oh, he'd have the the things that you would that if you read pages and pages of of bios on guys, 
that would be. Things that might be on the back of a baseball card. That's the kinds of sure. things that I, I learned so much from the back told, of baseball told, cards, told, and that's what Vin Scully would tell he you. He told a long story about Madison Bumgarner. Well, there's a couple of Madison Bumgarner stories that he liked to tell. One of them was the uh, uh, Madison Bumgarner dating a girl who was named Madison Bumgarner from from a different family when he was in high school. They were they were not they were not related, but they happened to have the same name. And then the other one was. Uh, there was a. So she would have been Madison Bumgarner Bumgarner. Assuming that's uh, yeah. the, there's she all, could have been all yeah. kinds. Of, the, the mind the mind races as as to the possibilities. And then uh, uh, there was a, a story of uh, an animal. It was a jackrabbit that had been. This is a, this is what I'm talking about. Where he'll he'll tell he'll tell a story and you'll you'll think about it years later. I, I remember him telling the story of uh, Madison Bumgarner. Uh, had rattlesnakes. They have they have a ranch. Matt, mm-hmm. the, the Bumgarner right. family. They they raise animals. There was a, there was a snake. Uh, it attacked one of the Bumgarners. They killed it with an axe. One of the pieces of the snake had two live baby jackrabbits in it. They nursed, they saved. They the nursed. They nursed the jackrabbits back to health. And uh, and and Madison Bumgarner was thinking about how tough the jackrabbit is. And there's a you know a life lesson there in you know go, going through uh, you know going through that and, and persevering and and maybe. Uh, you know, not just for for jackrabbits, but but for baseball players and and all people, and uh, and those are the sorts of of stories you'd you'd get from uh, from Vin Scully, you know, throughout any broadcast he did, and uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I uh, I'm really glad I'm going to get to tell people I got to hear him. Yeah, no no question about it. I mean, just uh, uh, Jason's right. I mean, there's there's nobody. He is in a class by himself as far as announcers and especially i mean but he did more than baseball i mean he did so much more than baseball but that's what everyone knows him for first is for his you know 65 years as dodgers play by play that's right the uh, statement the dodgers put out last night uh vince scully was uh, quote vince scully was the heartbeat of the dodgers and in so many ways the heartbeat of all of los angeles unquote among any other uh, many other uh, nice nice things he moved and he and he came with them from Brooklyn. An incredible uh, statistic that I was shown last night. Um, Vince Scully called games featuring uh, a player born in 1916. He also called games featuring a player born in 1996. So 80 years of baseball throughout Vince Scully's uh, 65 years in, uh, in, in the booth uh, for, for the Dodgers. And, uh, and yeah, what a, what a legacy. Yeah, no, no question about it. Uh, don't want to... Uh, uh, Fail to mention to the news from here, uh, you know, locally. One, one, Eli- one, more, one more thing on Vince Scully. ESPN two will be replaying Game One of the nineteen eighty eight World Series tonight at, at seven o'clock. The uh, the the Giants and the uh, or the uh, A's and the or is it, yeah yeah it's it's the Eck. Yeah, yeah no, Kirk no, Gibson. Yeah, without spoiler, spoiler alert, there's a very famous home run. Oh yeah, in the in the well, ninth I just inning. said the name. I just said the the names that were involved in, in the ninth inning. He, he also he called the um, he, he I think he called the the earthquake game on on TV or he called one of those games too. But they're not. Oh, I'm sure he did. He was, he was doing the TV. But yeah, the Do- the Dodgers A's uh, World Series in 1988 game one uh, will be replayed on ESPN two tonight as part of ESPN's tribute to uh, Vince Scully. Yeah, so definitely I, I'll, I'll check that out. Um, but but yeah, I mean also. Um, you know, news here from the state where Eli Gold, who's been Alabama's play-by-play announcer for quite a while, will miss at least the beginning of the season. Don't really know a lot more of the details. Chris Stewart, who has uh, come back from, you know, being out himself. Chris, an, an excellent uh, play-by-play announcer, will will fill in for, for Eli while Eli is out. So... 
Uh, so that's 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 tough. That's a couple of that's a couple of giants. I mean, there's the giant, but but Eli's Eli's a pretty big name in uh, broadcasting himself. I mean, got his start, of course, uh, here in the South NASCAR. I mean, that's what Eli was the voice of NASCAR there for for quite a while before he took over Alabama. All right, we'll get to our final break of hour number one. You know, if you have any thoughts on on Vin Scully, any but you want to talk anything. Sports-wise, we'd love for you to join in, 334-321-1390, as we continue here on the Wednesday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Final few minutes of hour number one here on this Wednesday. Bill and Dan taking your calls, questions, comments, anything you want to talk about sports-wise. We'll uh, we'll talk some more in hour number two about Auburn's latest commitment. We had some time with Jason Caldwell from AUTigers.com at the uh, first couple of segments of the show. And, uh, yeah, Jason's saying a couple of more guys to keep an eye on. Now, these, it's funny, these are two guys, Dan, that could bring Auburn's average rating down, but that doesn't mean Auburn wants them any less in Connor Lou and J.C. Hart because both those guys are three stars that Auburn very, very much wants to add to their commitment list. Sure, yeah, J.C. Hart, someone who is a uh, uh, local local product of uh, Lochapoca and, and someone that the uh, you know we, we've had we've had folks calling about and asking you know th- this is someone who has seen his prospects rise over the last few months a talented defensive back with uh, some high-level academic offers ivy league kid uh, who could also uh, play in the sec if he wanted to he's oh got yeah some, he's, he's got some uh, impressive well, he, has, he, he has he has all the tools i mean he's six two and he runs a sub four four forty seemed uh seemed to be pretty excited about getting his auburn offer too so mm-hmm. uh, I, I would uh, i would think uh, that there's a uh, yeah there's a chance Auburn can, uh, uh, can 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 land him and, and we don't know exactly when he is uh, you know he hasn't scheduled an announcement Connor Lou on the other hand has the uh, the big interior offensive lineman from over in Georgia and like I said uh, I had somebody go well he's just a three star and he's like well he's just a three star that Georgia Clemson and Miami are hoping to get yeah sometimes you look at at who else is uh, is in on a kid and and you think maybe. Maybe you need to get in on them too, even if uh, those are those are three those are three coaches that usually have a clue about offensive line. Benefit too. of the doubt, yeah, I'd say probably. Uh-huh. You know, as far as who they've signed of lady, I, I I would agree. If you're uh, if you're in contention with schools like that for a kid, you're on the right track, and and hopefully you can land him because something else about those three coaches they they win recruiting battles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all, usually they do. All three That's of right. them. All three of them are in are usually in. You the, win a recruiting. You win a recruiting battle against those three schools. Uh, you you you've won against well, the big boys. There, there are schools in the conference and around the southeast that are worried because they can't beat one of those right. <laughs> those three schools in very many recruiting battles. So uh, yeah, if you can get the, if, you, if you can compete with those schools, that would be a uh, that would be a positive development. Uh, for Auburn as they try to grow the class of 2023. And, you know, they've still got feelers out into the class of 2024 and beyond. Oh, no question about it. I mean, they're going to add some more 24 kids um, and just no telling when. All right, we're we're halfway done here on the Wednesday Drive. Another hour to go. Love for you to join in. So come on.
294-AR Auburn. WGCC HD3 Waverly. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. ESPN 106.7. A broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. 9 U.S. Tax Shield. 800-494-6139. The NFL has appealed the six-game suspension handed down by a disciplinary officer to Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson for violating the personal conduct policy following accusations of sexual misconduct. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell or his designee will make the final decision. The league is seeking an indefinite suspension of at least one season, a monetary fine, and treatment Watson must undergo. ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky. I felt that this was the right thing for them to do. Um... Listen, the NFL in the past has missed opportunities to handle things the right way. And I really felt that this was a moment in time for Roger Goodell and his legacy and the NFL to say, you know what, maybe we didn't do things the right way in the past. It stops now, especially when it comes to women and sexual assault against women. Sources told ESPN's Jeff Darlington today the NFLPA was preparing to sue the league in federal court if it appealed the disciplinary officer's ruling. Connecticut women's basketball star Paige Beckers will miss the entire upcoming season with a torn ACL sustained during a pickup basketball game yesterday. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're a renter, make sure you're protected. Renter's insurance includes options that cover stolen property, personal injury, and living expenses if your place is damaged. Quote renter's insurance at Progressive.com. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. And the we're, we're working on uh, trying to uh, on on trying to uh, find out 
uh, yeah, who who else is going to join this class from the uh, from from the from the class of twenty twenty three? As we, um, yeah, I don't know. I just just uh, we ju- we just received word that there's there's nothing coming on the air. But let's try let's the, try the live button is pushed. Maybe go to commercial and see what happens. Let's 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 try that. All right, we'll do that. Hopefully, welcome back into the uh, drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, apologize for the uh, technical difficulties there. Again, are we up? Uh, okay, nothing different. So, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just a prank call telling us we were off the air. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, apparently everything's, apparently everything's all right. False we got, alarm. Uh, well, no. The, or maybe not. I, 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 mean, it I, been a real appreciate, I appreciate the caller letting us know that he didn't hear anything on the air. I mean, uh, that that's nice to know because, again, you know, I, I don't sit over here at the controls every day. I'm pretty comfortable with sure. it. But there was nothing that well, was done differently there here's the danger. than it had been. Because I've, I've sat in that chair a few times, not in a long time. But but here's what's concerning is when you think everything, when everything seems like it's working in the chair... And then you hear from someone, and, oh, yeah. oh, hey, you're not on the air right now. Well, then I mean, suddenly it's a frantic, well, but all these, and so I, I believe we are, we, are, know, on, we are broadcasting, we are on, pro- on the app, on the stream, and, and over uh, ESPN 106.7 Airways. A, a problem that I used, to, um, I, I used to spend a lot of time with my employees back when I was in station management at multiple stations, I would say... And I learned this from a program director when I was a teenager. Don't always keep your headphones in program. Keep them occasionally go to the air. Oh, yeah, go see what's going on you know, yeah, but over there. I, I do not know that on this board we can do that. <laughs> And that is a problem, right? Well, I, I mean, I, I mean, I checked on the radio in the in the other room. You know, I, I went to the analog. In, in My the, wife said she could hear us the entire time. Oh, okay, good. So, so maybe, maybe it was somebody who was having trouble with right. his radio. Well, you know, I, I don't know. Th- thanks for <laughs> yeah, I appreciate calling that. us. Yeah, you could you could mess with me. It's easy to do. Yeah, easy to do. We fell for because it. I'm like oh, what fished in. Oh, All right. Okay. Well, there, anyway, there, there where goes were that, we? There goes that commercial break. Where were we? Oh, you know, we haven't even mentioned who's the sponsor of hour number two or anything. We were starting to talk about a few things. Let's go ahead and get into it while I know people can hear us because hour number two of the drive brought to you by our friends and the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care. With locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we welcome your calls on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Some of your calls. Yeah, no, no. No, I, 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 believe, we, I believe there was a minute or so when we weren't on. I believe it, too. I believe it. You know, we'll see. I, 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 trust, I trust our calls. We're on now, though. I mean, we that's, are. That's, that's, that's multiple, the Yes, I'm getting multiple yeah. responses. Yes, you're on. I can hear you rambling. Thank you very, thank you very much. You, you can, you can um, call us, uh, 334-321-1390 is, that the, is, right. is the number to dial. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the uh, Drive text Hello? box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial contractors and uh, yeah big shout out to Derek and the and the whole gang at Southeastern Industrial Contractors for the uh, for the great work that they do helping us put the show together and helping us put the podcast together you can get the podcast on on all your favorite podcasting oh, platforms fine. Fine. and uh, and the uh uh, the, uh, the the podcast. I know we had a little problem earlier this week. Drew's out this week. Drew handles a lot of the podcasting duties. So in in the, in the meantime, uh, we're going to uh, 
we're, we're, we're going to uh, make sure that Drew is uh, is is uh, we're we're going to make sure the podcast gets uh, gets gets up there. I, th- I think we may have missed a day earlier in the week, but in the meantime, you can uh, catch the podcast, the Drive with Bill Cameron, uh, wherever you uh, get your uh, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Well, let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. We mentioned it, and I believe Chris is going to get us started this hour. Hey, Chris. Hey, guys. I was uh, I was the one that called. I was listening to the radio, and the ESPN intro music played, and then there was no mic. Oh, I, 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 I don't doubt that at all. My my younger son was listening. He said, yeah, it, it went down for a little bit, and I'm glad you called. That enabled us to at least get to break <laughs> and make sure. I maybe, mean, the thing is, you know what's odd, though? I think people it, on the stream maybe heard the whole the whole thing. Because maybe it was a different yeah, thing maybe, going out over yeah, the air that, and the stream. That may be the deal. I think, but it's, I, yeah. it's, it's interesting, though. Seriously, we didn't do anything uh, except go to commercial well, and, and here, come right back. And here's the thing, Chris. I, um, I, I don't know how long that would have continued, so I'm glad oh, you called. Oh, it probably you know, would have continued and, for the rest of the show. I'll, tell, I'll tell you what. Since you're listening and you called anyway, anything you're, uh, anything you're intrigued about uh, you know, with, uh, with, with fall practice uh, uh, coming up? We've been talking about Auburn football a lot the, uh, the, the last hour, so I'm not sure how much of it you were able to hear with, uh, with Jason Caldwell yeah. in the house. But yeah. that's... Yeah, we're we're, we're going to get to talk to all the coaches uh, over the next two weeks, and uh, anything you've got your eye on? Well, yeah, actually, my well, the thing I wanted to talk about was actually basketball. Okay, because um, I, I know that the, they played Israel, um, the under twenty team. But my question was more: Do we think that Trey Donaldson will ever actually get to play? Because I don't know how he's going to get any playing time with all the people in front of him. This year, I could see it, it being uh, a problem for him to get a lot of minutes. He could be insurance this year, but uh, but after this year, I think the I, I think there'll be a much much better opportunity. Zepp will be gone for sure after this year. Hard to imagine Alan right. Flanagan plays right. another Alan, year. Alan basketball. will be gone after this year, uh, and and I mean Trey is a physical guy too, uh, and and we'll see about we'll see about Wendell depending on the kind of year Wendell has. Well, and KD. As well, yeah, I mean, you, you wonder. I think, I, think, right. I think with both Wendell and KD, you know, a, a great year, and they, they might decide it's time to start making more money playing basketball somewhere else. But, uh, but no, I think I think it's it's fair to wonder uh, how how much uh, Trey Donaldson, or even for that matter, Chance Westry. Uh, play, you know, well, I think Chance. I think Chance plays. You think a Chance lot plays a lot this okay. year? Okay. I think. I think Trey. <laughs> Trey, you know, also this is Trey's really getting into just being a full time basketball player for the first time ever. He's been a dual sport guy all through high school. Yeah, it was. I was watching the game. I watched it on YouTube TV. Or I had to record it, and watch it. Um, but there is. It seems like this basketball team, while maybe doesn't have like the top end talent of Jabari and Walker, my, it seems like it's actually a deeper team than it was. Like actually, a better, more talented overall team than last year. I'm just curious, you guys, your guys' thoughts about that. I'll, I'll hang up. With Appreciate the call, Chris. Uh, I, I don't. I don't argue with that. I'd say one to twelve. This is an extremely yeah. talented Re- team. Remarkable to think when you lose the number three pick in the draft, right. but and 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 another first round pick, first time mm-hmm. in school history. You've had two of them, and I don't want to put too much on the guys we haven't seen yet. But it, it's important to remember what stuck around and and how many of those players from last year were guys playing their first year of. Auburn basketball. Zepp, Wendell, and KD were all incoming transfers last year. They've had another year to acclimate themselves to the Bruce Pearl system and to play with each other as teammates, which which is pretty important uh, in the backcourt. You know, th- those I think familiarity and experience are great things uh, for guards uh, that that are going to lead uh, a team with some inexperience at other spots. And yeah, Johan Traore and and jo- Jonai Broom. I mean, the 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 front court additions are. Are, are significant. 
Jalen Williams stuck around. That's significant. And Alan Flanagan, uh, last year, you, you wonder how limited he really was uh, with the uh, with the Achilles injury and, and, and how much uh, it prevented him from being anywhere close uh, to the best basketball player uh, that he could be. And based on the early returns, how he looked yesterday, and certainly the... The, the, the athleticism that Alan Flanagan showed at the Combine earlier this summer when he was considering starting a professional basketball career, uh, those are all signs that this team uh, could, uh, could be every bit as good as the team that won the SEC regular season title last year and maybe, uh, maybe in some spots better. 334-321-1390. That's the uh, number to get you through here on this Wednesday edition of The Drive. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we'd love your thoughts. If you watched the basketball yesterday, uh, of course, uh, they're off for a few days. I guess I'm just, a, I just still assume it's a football question this time of year, but it's, you know what I mean? But it's, but no, people want to talk about basketball. I mean, there's, well, there's, a, yeah, there's a game I yesterday mean, and a game tomorrow. And, when, and, when you get to see a real game, I mean, with football, it's going to be, well, gleaning little bits. Sure. As practice gets started, because they won't even go into they won't even go into full pads till early next week. Okay, I'll, I'll ask you the question that I sort of had for Chris there, and a question I asked Jason Coldwell earlier in the show. Bill, is there an assistant coach uh, or or player? But I mean, with, with you, I know you you look you look forward to talking to the assistant coaches. Is there one that that you're looking forward to uh, to hearing from as as we're on the verge of a uh, fall camp? Uh, you know, I think Jay, uh, Jason mentioned probably the guy that I was thinking about. That's Ike Hilliard, sure. who was very forthcoming and gave us great info and insight. And it also gave us, you know, told us who Chick was. Uh, but, but I mean, we got really good info from Ike. And I, I really am looking forward to hearing him talking about where his guys are now compared to where they were when we last spoke to him in the spring. Who's gotten better since I kill your dad? And the addition, and the yep. additions. You know, the, not just, I mean, not the fre- just the freshmen, but, uh, Coy Moore and Daz Worsham. I mean, uh, he, I think he'll be, I think he'll be pretty, uh, uh, pretty straight with us. Sure. No, it's a diff- different looking room than it was when Ike Hilliard took the job as far as who's, oh, yeah. as far as who's got a chair and, and who's actually there. No, I'm, I'm right there with it. And I, you know, I keep coming back to amid everything else that's different about this team from this time last year. Mike Bobo's absence is like a tiny little part of it, but it does feel like it could be significant that you've gone from Mike Bobo to mm-hmm. new offensive coordinator Eric Keesaw, especially when John Samuel, you know, John Samuel Shanker tells you maybe things weren't harmonious oh, and, between and, Eric Keesaw, between Mike Bobo and, and Brian Harson last season. And, and the things we heard from Tank. And the things we heard from Tank. So, so I wonder, uh, yeah, you know, from, from Eric Keesaw, I'm looking forward to hearing from Eric Keesaw tomorrow about, you know, sort of what, what he imagines philosophically could be different about the offense this year versus last year now that it's uh, Brian Harson and Eric Keesaw in command uh, rather than Mike, Mike Bobo. Yeah, it's definitely Brian Harson's offense now. Any question last year was, is that Brian Harson's offense? Is it Bobo's? Is it a combo? It's going to be Brian Harson's offense this year. We will finish the break that we started a oh, while ago. Oh, that's right. Ago. We had a commercial I, break Well, earlier. I did that. I wanted to just see if... You know, I see if trying to run commercials, if we could hear the commercials when all of a sudden, hey, we're hearing the commercials. Well, let's see if we can hear the mics. And we heard the mics. So we need to finish that, take care of some business, and be back with more. What you got? Oh, I was going to say re- real quick before we take a break, because we're, we're company people and we like to promote company, uh, company activities here. Uh, we're going to have two big Major League Baseball games on ESPN 106.7 this weekend, including, oh, right. how about Saturday, Braves at Mets, 530. But I tell you what, both these games are really interesting oh. now 
Because, yeah, you got Braves met Saturday and then Dodgers Padres. That's right. Sunday. That's right. The new look San Diego Padres go to Dodger Stadium uh, for the first time since the trade deadline they're, they're, yesterday. They're, they're, first I mean, time this you know this week and first series be, between those two teams, you could probably hear the you know their, their pop their pockets will be jingling. I mean, how many, they're, they're the two two cash heaviest teams in the National League. I don't think there's a team close to to the Dodgers and Padres now. Maybe the Mets. The Mets are their third, but I think the Padres have jumped into a solid second. Braves, there. Mets, Padres. Padres, Dodgers. How many of the uh, the NLCS teams are, are playing uh, this weekend on ESPN? Uh, six, four seven? of them are. No, no, four but, of the six. Four, no, but but NLCS. The two teams oh, that'll oh, be in the oh, NLCS. Yeah. I thought well, I was going to say four of the six that are in the playoffs. Are both NLCS teams uh, playing? That? I'd have to look and see who's liable to play who in in what because you may see the Padres, Braves, or you know yeah. you may see. Don't the, forget the, the central. The, right? the, the wild cards could match up against those other teams. And those and those Saint, and those St. Louis Cardinals could That's be just right. could be just waiting in the wings, right? Something yeah. something like that. Who's your who would be the other team? It's it's the Brewers? it's three it's three division champions and three other teams, right? right? So, so I believe I think teams. the Phillies would be in right now. Yeah, I guess the, the Phillies would. Team. I guess the Phillies and would. And then guessing who's the who's the central champ right now? Um, is, it, is it the Brewers or the Cardinals? The, Car- I, I, the Brewers are okay, leading. So the Brewers. So yeah. So I, I think the Phillies. That's have why a, I was saying the Brewers. I think the Phillies have a better record than the than the, than the Cardinals. So I think it would be. Braves, Mets, Phillies from the East, Brewers from the Central, Dodgers, Padres from the West mm-hmm. would be your six teams Probably. in the National League playoff. That's that's a pretty good playoff field. Yeah, it is. That's a pretty good playoff field. And you can hear those you can hear four of those teams on ESPN one oh six seven this weekend. We'll be right back. Come on in and join us here on the Wednesday Drive. Now, more of the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Hope everybody's got us back now yeah uh bill and dan here on the wednesday edition taking your calls questions comments all right uh again sure i mean there, there are quite a few things we can talk about i mean uh get your impressions from auburn basketball yesterday don't take don't take too much from that but it's hard not to be it's hard not to be pleased with what we saw yesterday in basketball. You, you had you had not seen the story about Senator Tuberville. I had not, and, and I think it's something definitely worth worth mentioning. No, I've, the these are it's crazy. It's uh it's it's like two a days for me over on campus getting ready for fall. But I think this news broke right before we went on the air too. I mean the stories were going out there that um uh, uh, Coach Tuberville. Uh, one of the uh, Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one of the uh, one of the two uh, senators that uh, is, is announced earlier today, they intend to draft a bill to present to Congress that would regulate name, image, and likeness activities within college sports. Uh, senator Tuberville from Alabama, a uh, Republican senator, uh, Joe Manchin of West Virginia, a Democrat, uh, both uh, sending letters to uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey outlining their current concerns about NIL and asking for the commissioner's input. Uh, they've, uh, they've said that that letter went out to a broad range of stakeholders, uh, including athletic directors, commissioners, and student groups, unquote, according to Senator Tuberville's uh, office. A little bit of that letter uh, is, uh, uh, l- let me quote from it, 
The arms race of NIL implementation has already far exceeded the original post-Alston intent of ensuring that players are equitably compensated for their use of name, image, and likeness. A lack of clear, enforceable rules is creating an environment that potentially allows for the exploitation of student-athletes by unregulated entities, prioritizes short-term financial gain over careful investment in one's career and the lifelong value of education, and diminishes the role of coaches, mentors, and athletic staff while empowering wealthy boosters. In short, we are rapidly accelerating down a path that leads away from the traditional values associated with scholastic athletic competition Unquote. So that's a letter from Senator Tuberville and Senator Manchin sent to key figures in the industry of college athletics asking for their input on federal NIL legislation. And I doubt that that letter is anything that is uh, really enlightening to, to anyone involved. I mean, coaches, administrators, that's what they've been saying from the outset. Now, the question is, how how do you go about, you know, having those parameters in place? The letter continues, and I think their answer is a fair question, Bill. Quote, the lack of meaningful leadership and a lack of clarity in this area means that the U.S. Congress must act to steer, to set set clear ground rules for student-athletes and institutions alike. Like you, we have the common goals of protecting student-athletes, ensuring fair competition and compensation, and preserving the time-honored traditions of college sports, unquote. And that's exactly what uh, Greg Sankey, uh, most college coaches that, that we've heard comment on this, are are waiting for and hoping for that there will be some across-the-board law you know, a, 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 a federal, some federal guidelines, both co- if not, you know, strict rules. Both coaches have spoken to Nick Saban about this issue. Joe Manchin was a childhood friend of Nick right. Saban growing up in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Tommy Tuberville, uh, as a long as a longtime SEC coach uh, here at Auburn, uh, uh, established a friendship with Nick Saban that still exists uh, to this day. And there is a, a belief, I want to find the um, uh, Saban, uh, has, uh, among other people, have said that federal legislation uh, is needed for the NCAA to enforce NIL. Oh, yes. Greg without, Sankey has yeah, said the same. Yeah, in, in order from the and, and and the term uh, that that is uh, utilized a lot is protection from legislation, uh, which is uh, in fact what Nick Saban said. The primary problem for the NCAA is right now the NCAA would enact NIL rules, but if those rules conflict with state laws mm-hmm. or uh, if if uh, it opens them up to lawsuits from uh, student athletes or other people who feel excluded from the industry based on guidelines set forth by the NCAA, uh, then the NCAA would would have to to deal with with the legal ramifications of it. Federal a federal law that would allow the NCAA to, to set these sort of guidelines would shield them from those sorts of protections and uh, and yeah we'll see if uh, you know a pair of senators first speaking step. out on that the is issue the first step. Uh, is, uh, is is something that could lead to uh, to, to a, a more regulated uh, NIL world in college athletics 3343211390 and let's get to the phone and tex is next hey tex hey guys uh Expecting the NCAA to ever get anything right would uh, would be a reach for me. Well, now this is a way around the NCAA. I mean, if the federal government passes something that says 
here it is. Well, that's not that's not exactly. I mean, because there's two ways it could go. The, NCAA, right. the the federal government could pass laws that give the NCAA more power to control NIL, or the federal government could pass laws that sort of control NIL right. themselves through federal laws. Both, neither of those I, exist right now. Yeah, I would I, I would think that most coaches would prefer the federal government just pass something that that it itself controls it, not letting the NCAA try to do it. Don't you, Tex? Oh well. I wouldn't want the NCAA to do anything. I've long proposed uh, 50 teams succeeding from the NCAA and forming their own college football association or whatever it may be and have uh, five, team, five ten team conferences to be clear, play an 18 playoff. To be clear, we're, we're talking about... Dan, two. Dan, you interrupted me yesterday. Can, never mind. Text. Go ahead. Well, I, I thought you were pr- pretty much finished. Text, to, to be clear, we're talking about two groups that don't, that don't have generally high approval ratings like mo- most of the time what congress and the ncaa yes, we're talking yeah. about two i mean it's it's difficult to say do you do you trust one to to regulate the issue more than the other i mean i think they may be able to get together on this not that this is the most important thing nationally right now but i think i think both sides uh would would have less pro- fewer problems with each other dealing with collegiate athletes oh did we lose text Appreciate the phone call, Tex. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. I mean, I just that that's my that's no, I my think you're feeling. Right. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that the NCAA would be. It'd be hard. It'd be hard to find. I mean, even the 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 most adamant uh, uh, opponents of the other side of the aisle in Congress, if if both are trying to do something to um, to, to at least put some parameters guidelines. On on NIL for right. for college athletes, allow them obviously to take advantage of their name, image, and likeness. Yeah, it's it's tough to say where things are headed with that because there's, I mean, there's, an, I guess ESPN posted the poll earlier this week that there seems to be a growing belief that we're moving towards uh, student athletes, the professionalization of, of student athletes, and student athletes being uh, compensated directly by schools. Uh, you know, is, is something that we'll, we'll probably see a move towards in the next. Uh, 10, 15, uh, 20 years, there's the, uh, there's the belief that that's going to be opposed as, as staunchly as possible while, uh, while NIL outlets are explored instead. I mean, it's, it's tough to say, uh, who's going to ultimately win that one, but it's, it's, it's hard to imagine going back to the way things were. It feels like the genie's out of the bottle, uh, with, with compensation, uh, for, for college athletes. You know, you're not, oh, you're yeah, not going yeah, yeah, to gonna go back to, to the old days when, no. And it's just a matter of like which, which group. And, and it's one of those things where there's a lot of different groups with a lot of different ideas about the proper way forward. I, I couldn't tell you who's going to win. We have a half an hour to go here on the Wednesday Drive. John, you'll be up first when we come back. You can get in line behind him again, 334-321-1390 to join us here on the Wednesday Drive. Back to the drive. 
The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final 25 minutes of the Wednesday Drive with Bill and Dan. And let's get right back to the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline. And John is up. Hey, John. Hey, guys. I was listening to Tex, and I heard your comments a moment ago about Coach Tuberville's legislation. It seems to me that there's just a complete lack of leadership in intercollegiate athletics. I'm not sure why anyone would think a few governing masterminds in Washington, D.C., who have little to no knowledge of the inside and outside of athletics, would be able to resolve this issue. And I guess the reason I'm not a media member, if I'd been at Media Days, my question to Greg Sankey, and I'd love to get you guys' thoughts on this, would have been, instead of competition, why in the, why have you and the other uh, commissioners not looked at uh, creating a single governing body to determine, uh, to determine the future and make decisions for the good of college football, not just the Southeastern Conference? And it seems like uh, finally, I would. Seems to me the willingness and unwillingness to be proactive in years past um, has put college football in the current situation it it, uh, it is now. That's just a few thoughts I have. But until you have some collaboration and not competition, I just see you continue to have problems. That's I'd love to get you guys feedback on that. Appreciate it, guys. I appreciate the call, John. Well, great, I mean, great stuff, John. There, there are a couple of things in there. They. Uh, I still don't. I still don't think that it's um, unlikely or an impossibility that you might have a group break off and decide to to do its own thing. And but they're not going to be able to unilaterally say, "Here's how we're going to handle NIL with different laws in different states." Yeah, I, I again, I don't, I don't know what the rules are in these sorts of things. Like, I don't know how a, a splinter from, like, I don't, I don't know how breaking off from the NCAA would work. Uh, I don't know how you know breaking college football off uh, from 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 the NCAA. Like the, these sorts of questions, um, you know, if 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 that happened, then anything I suppose would be possible as far as what the new group uh, could could decide up to a up up to up to legal. You know, up up to legally, there are difference. There's yeah. a big difference in rules. And laws. Right. You know, rules of an organization can't go against state laws. So there's, there's your, there's the rub. Yeah. And if, I mean, I guess I was assuming there'd be sort of federal authority for, for any sort of, you know, you know, group, group like that to sign because we're, we're at the point now where, where, you know, the feds are involved uh, to an extent, at least on the, on the NCAA's future or, or, and it's not. And I, and I would say Tommy Tuberville probably has a better idea of, of, the goings on than a lot of the folks at the NCAA. I mean, yeah, I just I wonder, uh, yeah, I wonder which which way forward uh, we're going to see, you know, win win the argument because um, it it does it does seem like you know, how how much is the NCAA going to fight other groups trying to have authority in these sorts of things? I mean, how 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 would or could the NCAA fight a a break off or these sorts? The of NCAA things? looks like they pretty much said, mm-hmm. hey, you know, just keep you know keep us. In there, in some fashion. And then I mean, the question of how, you know how restrictive would rules be, you know, if if they were passed, you know, how how uh, uh, how would nil be regulated and enforced and, and those sorts of things. I mean, I, I guess a concern would be that uh, the the 
the most likely thing the government might do would be say, okay, they're employees. And and then 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 it would be dependent on, you know. I mean, there's always been the concern for the NCAA that there are judges ruling mm-hmm. away from that, right? I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's I true. Mean, for 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 as long as college athletics has been a thing and amateurism has been a thing, that that's been, um, you know, one one of the. And I guess it it becomes a more pressing concern. I I, I don't know. Like that's a. Um, it's it's interesting to know that there there's a there's potentially a federal law option. Uh, trying to uh, trying to take you know and, and, and to try to take NIL either out of the hands of the NCAA or or empower the NCAA to make these sorts of decisions and um, yeah I'll be interested to see which of those two uh, you know paths is is uh, is is explored more seriously because um, they're they're very different outcomes too I mean federal federal laws that sort of police NIL separately from the end from the NCAA is that that's a different prospectus than the NCAA having shield from lawsuits and mm-hmm. subpoena power and the other sorts of things that they would need to uh, to, to to police NCAA uh, properly because pr- pr- police NIL properly because the NCAA I mean if you're talking about finances and things they've always been limited in their ability to investigate by themselves when it gets into Show us your bank records and show us your, you know, show show us, you know, when when these payments took place. Questions like that. I mean, it's always been a, a difficult proposition for them to to prove these these sorts of things. And you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna task them with policing NIL without giving them the ability to to seriously investigate finances, what kind of teeth are those investigators gonna gonna really have? Yeah, of course, people have wondered if they, if, if there was anything, even, you know, hardly any gums left there for the, right. uh, for the NCAA over the last few years. So. Right, but, but, but there's, uh, a, so you see, no, there, I, understand. A, I mean, it just seems like that would be, and I, and I don't know what would be the preferred option, you know, from, from, from folks, from I decision mean, makers. Well, the NCAA has said Congress needs to do something to bail them out of this. Yeah. I mean, I, I just wonder which of the two would be, uh, you know, if, if that's if that's the way they decide to go, like which of the two would be uh, preferred? Because hey, um, hey, hang on, I, I don't know. That that's a, um, I mean, that, that's sort of an existential question for the NCAA. You know, about about you know whether whether it's their job to enforce this sort of thing or it 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 is out of their hands and in the in the hands of people who enforce it because it's a law enforcement issue. All, all of a sudden, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Back to the Kia of Auburn hotline and Yellowhammer is next. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. Uh, I, I, I'm wondering about this. It was a few years ago. I can't remember exactly when, and it involved somebody suing over the issue that uh, college football players were employees of a university. How did all that wash out, and does that still play anyway? No, to this point, they have not been deemed to be employees. That was uh, is, that North, is that the Northwestern football team? Is yeah, that, I believe is, so. I, when, I, they were, uh, when they wanted to unionize, I think that's right. Texas, yeah, I believe I, I, so. Or, or, um, that's it. Well, Texas, Texas had something. Texas had something. Like Texas Tech, I think, had something similar. But yeah, I, there I, was talk about Texas yeah, Tech. There was, some, to there was another. That. There was another athletic program somewhere. But uh, Northwestern, you're right. But, but I believe the North Northwestern's football team tried to unionize and then go through the. Uh, National Labor, NLRB, yeah, the National NLRB, Labor the, Relations Board, na- yeah, National Labor Relations Board, trying to get their union recognized, which would then make them employees of Northwestern University, which would have then made college football and college athletes everywhere employees of their schools, theoretically. And I don't think they 
they like they they were rejected by yeah, the I'm labor. I'm trying to remember exactly. It sort of just uh, died down. I mean, it was obvious they weren't going to be able to proceed with that, but I don't recall exactly why. I think they they lost, but it was sort of left open that they could they could challenge it later and win. Like I, I don't remember exactly how it happened either, but they lost their case to become uh, to to become professionals via unionizing. Uh, I was just wondering in the turmoil if this will kind of wander back in. Well, well, no, I mean there was an update I, I, even last year. I believe there there was a there was a suggestion that that's not it's not settled law within the NLRB. Mm-hmm. So no, I think that's an, that is an important story to remember. Like if, as, as especially if professionalization is is the move forward for college athletes, I think the story of the Northwestern Union, the Northwestern football team trying to unionize, uh, could could end up being an important uh, moment in that sort of in, in, in that movement. What do we call uh, um, uh, college football players today? What is their status? What what do we call them? They're still student athletes. Student athlete is the, is the term. Oh, okay. All right. Well. <laughs> This thing is boiling along. Who knows what's going to happen next? But. Oh, yeah. Just stay tuned. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate Bye. the call, Yellowhammer. 334-321-1390. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's interesting, though, that there is there is uh, uh, at least some movement. I don't know that there. I don't know that there's about to be a big push to uh, to get legislation passed. I seem to remember it also being important that Northwestern was a private school. I, I mean, I, I could have this. I could have the details of the story uh, wrong, and, and I probably shouldn't speculate it on you know as as, as such. But I, but I seem to remember that maybe even in the ruling in 2015, it was intimated that. Had a had a public school tried this instead of a private school, hmm. maybe the merits of the case would have been different. But Northwestern being a private school maybe mattered to, to that case as well. So I I don't know. It, it is a story that could end up being uh, more important as uh you know if if a professionalization push uh, were to uh, were to continue within college athletics. We'll get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline and Anthony is next. Hey Anthony. Hey guys, how you guys doing today? Good to hear from you, Anthony. Uh, you know, uh, we still talking about police and NIL money, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw uh, uh, Coach Turberville, uh, well, Senator Turberville, excuse me. Uh, he's been approached by several uh, former coaches, uh, you know, that he's worked with over the years or uh, had communications with. They want him to introduce some legislation that would uh, potentially uh, reel it in or, or regulate it, or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I see it like this. If it's legal, if the rules are if the rules are fair for everybody, if everybody's going by the same rules, then uh, let a guy make as much money as he can possibly make, just like anybody else in any other kind of business or profession you might be running. I mean, you know, if I want to give a guy a uh, million dollars to make some public appearances, uh, to promote a product for me, whether it be a pair of sneakers or, or a soft drink or whatnot, or whatever I want to give him, uh, $5 million to do that, then... Uh, let the guy make the money. I mean, you know, like we said before, uh, millions on top of, well, I'd say billions on top of billions now when you look at the uh, TV contracts and the potential of what they will be uh, when the super conferences uh, finally uh, get in line and all the money is made off of uh, uh, sports apparel and, 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 you know, all the donations that uh, corporations may give to the university, university or athletic department or whatnot, however money is made, ticket sales and, and all that. You got all that stuff coming in. Coaches' salaries aren't being regulated. Uh, uh, athletic directors' salaries and then staff and the athletic department salaries aren't being regulated. So why would we want to regulate what an athlete's getting? Uh, 
if you take away the athlete, then uh, there's no coaching salary. There's no athletic department salary. There's no budget for none of that. There's no nothing coming in. So I, I think everybody should be quiet and uh, continue to let the money be made. Yeah, I don't disagree with an awful lot of what you just said, Anthony. What I keep hearing the the main theme from coaches, administrators, uh, commissioners is we don't want to limit anything that a player can make after he's made a name for himself. That's what it's supposed to be about name, image, and likeness. The concern is when there are guarantees or there appear to be uh, offers that are out there for players that haven't earned that yet to come to a certain school. I think that's what the coaches don't want. They don't want to be feel like they're bidding against other schools. They want the players to come in and then earn the money. And, and Anthony, I, I have a different concern because I think it's going to be really tough to ever separate. Like, if you allow college athletes to get endorsement money, it's going to be very tough to ever separate that from the decision about where to go to school because there's going to be endorsement money. Like, so I think, I think it's, I, my concern is more I don't want different laws state to state. Like, I don't want competition being hindered because something is allowed in one state and not allowed in a different state and I think that's bad for competition moving forward but I agree with you Anthony if a if a college sophomore who posts things on TikTok and Instagram uh, and who isn't an athlete can make five million dollars from a soda brand or a Have shoe you company. Have seen Sunni's uh, yeah, commercial I, mean, I, I mean, just saw the other night? Yeah the Gatorade yeah. commercial I mean if, if a college athlete you know, if a, if a non-athlete college student can make that kind of money uh, in the world we live in now uh, yeah I, I got no problem with a basketball player or a football player making it well, you know, uh, when you said that uh, you want everything to be the same, not different from state to state. But, you know, when you look at certain schools like Alabama or Auburn or the summer schools in the, in the you know, Power Five conferences, they got more. I mean, when you look at facilities, they got better facilities, uh, uh, a stronger uh, booster, uh, uh, you know, donate more when, money. When was, the last time you played, when was the last time South Dakota was in the national championship game is, is, is the oh, question. Uh, yeah. And yeah, that's what we're saying with the uh, Division One double A. <laughs> but they're never gonna get there. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you think about it. I mean, the haves and the have nots. The haves are gonna have, and the not not gonna have. I mean, that's just what it is. You're not gonna be able to compete with somebody that got all this and you have nothing. I mean, that's just what it is. But uh, when you talk about enticing players, if you're not using money, then people are using women. I mean, they've always done that. You put a, you put a pretty woman in front of an athlete that he's probably hadn't gone on a, a date with or whatnot, then that very well could seduce the individual to go ahead and sign a scholarship. You think it won't? Yeah, no, and and that's I mean, not not to not to just I, you know, not to just focus on the on the women part of it, but no, I think I think you're right that you know the possibility of 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 players. Even even before NIL was allowed, there were concerns oh, about what was what was going on on the uh, on the recruiting, you know, what was going on on the on the on the recruiting trail, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's, I mean, I think there's maybe the concern of uh, bad actors, you know, false promises being made to kids, you know, to pick a certain school, you know, and 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 the the money not mm-hmm. eventually coming through. I mean, there there's, I think that's another argument for regulation would be that without it, you have. Uh, you have the possibility that some of these kids are going to get sold empty promises oh, about, oh, about, what, about what happens if they pick I mean, the, the things to watch now is, is everybody living up to their promises? I mean, and there's so many of them out there. Appreciate the call, Anthony. Great stuff. Jo- uh, Jerry, hold on. You'll be up when we come back here to wind things down on the Wednesday Drive. 
live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Final few minutes of the Wednesday drive, right back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline, and Jerry is up next. Hey, Jerry. How you doing, fellas? Hey, Jerry. Good to hear from you. Hey, real quick question. Is there anything being set up, any kind of advocate or anything being set up for these guys for um, to make sure that they don't get into a bad contract or make sure that they don't get taken advantage of in a contract in any way, you know, um, you know, I, I'm born military, and we always had somebody that we could mm-hmm. go to and have them review the contract and make sure, you know, do I come out the way I think I am on the end of this? Yeah, I do know that, that at Auburn they have advisors that are set up to work with them, try to try to let them know, hey, the the, the, the tax implications and and uh, sort of help them look over the contracts. I don't know how much they're going to... You know, I wonder how strongly they would discourage them, but I do know, yes, they they have a a person or group they can go to. Most of the big um, athletic departments have an NIL department where they are. You know, they're not allowed to to find deals for right. recruits, but they can. You know, they they can be one sort of guiding you through the contract process, the tax process, things like that. Also, student athletes are allowed to have agents. And managers and lawyers, which is something different from just a couple of years ago when oh, having yes. an agent would render you ineligible mm-hmm. for, for college athletics. Now you can have professional advocates on your own and people uh, that the school provides for you to, to, over, to, to review these things if, and you, if and you'd that's, like. And that's something that a lot of schools uh, do and, and should uh, as, as you know something for the families to realize that they, they offer that, that help. Still, still a question, though, as to who's going to live up their promises and who's going to try that's to weasel right. out of it because they may be... You know, they, they they regret the deal they signed a year later, right? Or a seventeen year old who's being offered this contract. You know, he's not at the college yet. You know, is there somebody he can go to and say, you know, they approached me with this? You know, and that goes back to what you're that's saying a good question because I don't believe. I mean, it's very unlikely that it's going to be out there in, in high school. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I would imagine they'd be talking to their high school coaches and maybe mentors and things like that. But you wonder professionally yeah. how trained they are. And like, I got a buddy who's a, a, a pretty big high school football coach down in Northwest Florida. I don't know how trained he is in contract law. Like I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And I, I saw the story this morning on the Today Show talking about the uh, the the sister soccer, the young young girls uh, who are outstanding soccer players that have signed a huge NIL deal. So yeah, that's yeah, a great question. I, I don't know the answer to what what avenues are there for high school students who haven't signed with a school yet. All right, guys. I was just asking. Is just something I was curious about. No, nah, it's a great question, Jerry. Good hearing from you. All right. Thank you much. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I don't know. That, I mean, that that's one of those things where, boy, you'd you'd have to hope that. I mean, if it's if it's significant money, you'd think maybe there'd be a lawyer willing to willing to look at it in advance for a little bit of the. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, and that that concerns me a little bit yeah, too. Okay, well, I'm just, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure there. I'm sure may, there is. Look, maybe there'd be somebody willing to do it for. You know, I don't, I don't want to cast aspersions on on any on any profession. Uh, but but there'd be. Uh, yeah, I, I, but that's an interesting question. As to mm-hmm. we know, we know the departments that are in there for for athletes who are enrolled at schools, but for athletes on the recruiting trail, um, and that's and they're maybe even the most at risk 
right? You think about athletes on the recruiting trail. Oh, yeah. Would be the most at risk of being sold a false promise. Right. For their, you know, to get their for name. Their signature. Yeah, to put the name on the line that is dotted. And, uh, and yeah, that's a, uh, that, that's a, that's a great question about what, what sort of avenues are there for, for kids on the recruiting trail, uh, who are hearing NIL offers. Really is. Uh, great stuff. Fun show. We're just about out of time. Could be a question for Brian Arsenault. Who knows? I, well, well, a lot of other maybe. stuff. I got a feeling, I got a feeling he'll get about. some others. Yeah, tomorrow. We'll have audio for you from Eric Keesaw, Jeff Schmetting, and Brian Harson. So looking forward to that. It is official report day tomorrow for Auburn football. Practice starts on Friday. I think we're going to have Justin Ferguson in as well after the Brian Harson press conference is over. So it should be a loaded Thursday on the drive tomorrow. Yep. Uh, hope Dave, you'll... David Pascal as well, right? Oh, David Pascal, that's right, starts his... Uh, uh, fall football His appearances residency. with us, regular appearances uh, at, at right after 5 o'clock tomorrow. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun show tomorrow. We're out of time, though, here on the Wednesday Drive. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here. W294AR Auburn, WGCCHD3 Waverly, Auburn Opelika's sports leader, ESPN 1067, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. This is SportsCenter. I'm Kevin Winter. Two days after independent disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson issued a six-game suspension to Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson for violating the league's personal conduct policy, the National Football League today has decided they will appeal the suspension. This is where it could get messy because Commissioner Roger Goodell will decide who from the NFL hears the appeal. Under the CBA, Goodell can either opt to hear the appeal himself or appoint someone else to do so. ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter and what the league is hoping to accomplish. The NFL is looking to add on to it and add on to it by a lot, I would imagine, because the league wanted an indefinite suspension with Deshaun Watson having to apply for reinstatement. The league is also pushing for a monetary fine, which was not the initial punishment, and they're pushing for Watson to undergo treatment. Players Association has until Friday to file their response. A huge blow for women's college basketball for the upcoming season. UConn women's star Paige Backers is going to miss the entire year for the ACL in her left knee during a pickup game on a Monday. It is the same knee that she entered last year, which forced her to miss a significant amount of time. On the golf, FedEx Cup playoffs start next week, and as it stands right now, Today, 11 golfers from the Live Golf Tour have filed an antitrust lawsuit against the PGA Tour and a temporary restraining order. They're attempting to get three of their golfers who would qualify for the FedEx Cup playoffs into the playoffs. However, the PGA Tour suspended those players once they jumped ship. Jay Monahan says they're standing by that as of right now. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. I can easily see Stephen Ross trying to lure Tom Brady to come down there because he's going to be a free agent after this season. More from GJ and Max Thursday morning at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. One, two, three, ho!
This is Spain and Fix on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 8. to get to today as the NFL news continues to be top of mind. We are going to balance our reaction to the NFL's announcement to appeal the Deshaun Watson suspension with as much remembering of the great Vin Scully as we can today. And we've got some great folks that are come on, going to come on to do it. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Courtney Cronin, filling in for Fitz again today on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Yeah, last night, shortly after we finished the show, Courtney, Vin Scully, the iconic broadcaster for the Dodgers, passed away at the age of 94. And last night and all day today, there have been some truly incredible memories shared. And I don't know where you even begin to start with someone that had a career as long as his and also seemed to have such an effect on as many people as he did. It's so great to see it, and it's so great to hear from so many broadcasters out there who didn't necessarily try to model what Vin Scully did because nobody really could. Like I heard Boog Shiambi on my way back down into the city earlier today, who for, for those who don't know, co- calls uh, Chicago Cubs games on radio and on TV as well. And just hearing how he shaped what Boog wa- wanted to do. And obviously mm-hmm. let that final call, uh, he went back and listened to Sandy, the, Co- the Sandy Koufax call last night. And I feel like that's what I'm going to do when I get off air here because there was so much that Vin Scully was able to do to paint a picture in ways that it's just like it's, it's timeless and it's something that no one else will ever be able to replicate. And I thought about it when I saw the news of his passing last night that I was actually at his final game that he was calling in 2016 when the Dodgers were playing the San Francisco Giants up in San Francisco and it was a game that the Giants needed to get into the wild card round that year and I did a piece for the San Jose Mercury News where I worked at the time and went and had a chance to interview former broadcasters former players people who were touched by Vin Scully throughout all walks of life and it was a really it was a really cool way to see just that you know the personality and that none of this was a facade like he was truly such an icon and i think talking with john miller who calls games nationally called games nationally and now does it uh full-time obviously for the san francisco giants and hearing how much of an impact he had in the game of baseball but the way that he transcended sports broadcasting as a whole is truly something i don't think will ever be replicated again and it, it we we did lose a really good one and it's sad uh, but i do love seeing all of the memories that people are laying forth today And it's nice when you know that someone lived such a full life and that he did retire and give himself some time to smell the roses, as he said, and to look around and and take stock of everything he'd done. We're going to get to more Vin Scully memories. Tim Kirkshin and the great Steve Garvey going to join us to talk about it. Let's quickly also touch on, uh, because we're going to get Dan Graziano to give us more detail on this, but the NFL has decided to appeal the Deshaun Watson suspension of six games. Courtney, the only real question about this was whether or not they would like to undermine the brand new process of an independent judge that was jointly hired by the PA and the league itself. I wasn't sure how much that would influence this because on the other side of that pressure to not undermine that, there's the pressure of public outcry to a suspension that feels wholly inadequate based on not only 
the year plus of stories that we've heard about Deshaun Watson's action, the number of accusations and alleged victims, but also the fact that the judge ruled that the NFL proved their case that he had committed multiple sexual assaults, that he was a predator with a premeditated aim to sexually assault women, knowing that that behavior was unwanted. When she ruled all of that and then essentially said, because of precedent in your CBA, I can only go as far as to give six games. It was almost like she said to Roger Goodell in the NFL, you proved your case and then you prevented me from acting on the very thing that you asked me to do. Fix your system. And so that's why I believe that Roger Goodell and the NFL said we would rather undermine this system and get it fixed then we would stand by and watch as the public will react to this and it will point out for the millionth time that the league does not care about women it almost feels like that the public pressure the nfl is certainly facing right now that they had their minds made up before the six-game suspension was handed down. Like, I can't imagine that people in the league office, Roger Goodell, having seen the same articles that you and I have seen for the last year plus in hearing all of the allegations and being privy to information that is not public, that the NFL has had to consider within their entire case against Deshaun Watson in hearing that... They weren't already going to do this anyways because, remember, back about a month ago, we were hearing that they were seeking an indefinite suspension, which would, of course, be a minimum of one year. Now we're hearing from ESPN's Jeff Darlington that the NFL's appeal will also include some sort of monetary fine. So to me, of course, the public perception of the NFL and how it treats women and how it views women certainly weighs heavy into this, but I, I, I tend to believe that they already knew that that was coming and that if they didn't go ahead and appeal this, especially after the statement the PA put out on Sunday night, urging the NFL to not do it because they knew it was going to be a favorable ruling in favor of Deshaun Watson, that that's what carries the most weight here. And I'm not surprised at all that they've arrived at this decision, you know, well ahead of the deadline of tomorrow morning. And Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Courtney Cronin, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, reacting to the news that the NFL will appeal the suspension of Deshaun Watson. The timeline is going to be interesting because in the past we've seen appeals on suspensions result in players' availability right away because the NFLPA argues that they can't be prevented from participating if the ultimate punishment is still up in the air and being appealed. Uh, so the question of when Deshaun Watson will be available is now one that we'll need to figure out. And the decisions based on uh, uh, the NFLPA. I mean, I think it's confusing, Courtney, that the NFLPA collectively bargained a system by which Roger Goodell would hear the appeal and yet reports had them saying in advance of this, no matter what the ruling was, that if the NFL appealed, then they would sue the NFL in federal court. You've collectively bargained a system that results in the NFL's ability to appeal. And then when they use that ability, you sue. And it's it's a cat chasing its tail in a lot of ways. Um, but it's not that surprising because the NFL wanted to remove itself and the idea of it being judge, jury, and executioner. But as I spoke about throughout the reaction to this ruling, they ended up essentially being the prosecution in the case 
and also limiting the judge's ruling based on the precedent that they had already set. And that came up so many times in her ruling. And that was partly, I think, why they decided to appeal, because they basically won. She agreed with almost everything that they argued. But then she used multiple terms of precedent, specifically Ray Rice, where he suspended was suspended for two games. And after public outcry, Roger Goodell changed the policy to establish a six-game suspension as standard for first-time violent offenders. But gave fair notice to players and the public of the probable consequences of violent conduct by changing the policy. In this case, she says you haven't changed the policy in advance of him committing what she deemed to be a nonviolent sexual act, which, again, none of us can reconcile the nonviolent part here, but that's what she's saying. And she said you'd essentially have to tell everyone you're likely to receive more games for doing these things before they did them so then they could choose whether or not to do them. I mean, that's the absurdity of it all, Courtney, is that Deshaun Watson wouldn't have predated on 30-plus women if he had known it might be eight games instead of three. Yeah, I mean, that's just incredible nonsense. And I understand that the precedent, like to your point, I wonder now if the NFL is is looking into this to appeal and going to appeal because this is the only way that they can, at least in their mind, instead of ratifying a whole new section of the CBA, which I don't understand why that would be that difficult because it is possible. You don't have to wait till 2030 to do it when it expires. It's not contract language mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of the negotiations part. It's something within the personal conduct policy, which which is amenable. You can You can change that at times. But this is the only way apparently the league feels it's able to do that because if they do if you know we know the the decision is ultimately up to Roger Goodell from here on out so Sue Robinson gave her recommendation which was six games now it's in the hands of Roger Goodell to carry out potentially that indefinite suspension and what could go beyond that with this monetary fine that could you know be mm-hmm. quite substantial for someone of Deshaun Watson's stature but we do know his contract the way that it was structured was that they were expecting something like this to happen, even dating back to the time that he was traded from Houston to Cleveland. It doesn't feel like a fine from the league would have to be related at all to his salary, so I would imagine they could find him whatever number they want, regardless of his salary. It'll be interesting to see if they try to make a statement there to get back at the Browns for making that contract, one in which he could lose a very small amount of money for missed games. Um, also, Roger Goodell is able to consider the appeal himself or appoint a designee to do to do so so he might decide to do that so that he removes again the idea of him being the ultimate decider here all right we're going to get some more information about this from someone who knows a lot of detail on this process we'll ask dan graziano when he joins us on spain and fits next the nfl's decision that it will appeal the six game suspension that sue l robinson handed out on monday when i saw six games originally to myself i said that's not enough some people think that roger goodell himself should be the one that stands up there and makes the decision individuals and businesses with tax problems listen carefully if you owe over ten thousand dollars in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns u.s tax shield can help you take back control the irs can seize your bank accounts garnish your paycheck close your business and file criminal charges our team of tax attorneys can stop collections and get you protected u.s tax shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today u.s tax shield is a plus rated with the bbb so call 800-494-6139 u.s tax shield 800-494-6139 Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good. Really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it out. 
So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering our $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspot and nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary.